Hello, you're very welcome to episode 48. Uh, it's the Christmas Eve special um, of Two Hands in a Hurl podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Mansfield, and I'm joined by uh, Mr. TJ Mills. How's it going, TJ? Ho, ho, ho. Not bad, ho, Robbie, ho, ho. and yourself. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, are you in the Christmassy mood? Are you kind of getting ready for the, the big uh, the big man to come down the chimney? Yeah, no, I started, I won't lie to you, I tend to start around the start of November. Um, now, it's kind of strange to past couple of years and I made a rule to myself this week, I won't mention the other C word, so I'm going to keep that promise. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, I kind of get into the festive spirit. I had a Christmas playlist there on. Um, I don't really use Spotify that much, but I use YouTube Music, and I had that set up from around the middle of November. And um, yeah, the usual Christmas movies like we have a box here that we can um watch films on so the father is nearly as bad um so <laughs> we're watching them for the past few weeks and yourself uh yeah yeah kind of getting settled in just have a little bit of work tomorrow in the gym I'm working there early in the gym tomorrow so I'll probably be dead not much happening but uh just doing that and then I'll be full into uh getting ready for Santa Claus uh would you have a favorite favorite Christmas song uh, yeah, it'd be kind of cut between two. Um, Shaken Stevens, Merry Christmas, everyone, and Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. They'd be my two favorites. Um, but they're like there's so many good ones. I like Elton John, Step into Christmas, and that as well. Slade, I mean the the classics that way. Uh, I won't lie to you, I wouldn't be a big fan of Chris Ria, but I kind of started listening to it a bit more after Dermot Kennedy's version um Quam last Christmas as well I I think it's good um I mentioned um Stephanie Rainey brought out a brilliant version of that a couple of weeks ago as well but uh yeah me two main favorites would be Shaken Stevens and the good Mariah and yourself yeah, I suppose it's maybe it's a little bit cringe, a little bit cheesy. Um, it's kind of a newer one. It's uh, Kelly Clarkson, and it's underneath the tree. Um, yeah, I it's know just that. real kind of kind of bopping your head, sort of Christmas one. Like, and it's it's kind of hard not to be in the Christmas mood listening to it. Um, but other than that, I like uh, Feliz Navidad as well. Um, I like driving home for Christmas, but only, 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 only on Christmas Eve. That's the only time. And same with Fairy Tale New York. I only really like to hear that on Christmas Eve. Um, like I think with certain songs, there's certain times that you should kind of have them on. Um, but definitely by, you know, by, you know, the, if you're playing Christmas music on the 27th, you know, I'm not into that at all. It's like, you know, whatever, all the way up until Stephen's Day. And then after that, it's like, right, <laughs> it's all about the new year now. That's That's how I think about it. Yeah, I, I can't believe I forgot Fairy Tale in New York. I actually love that song as well. I don't know how I forgot it. Um <laughs> and yeah. um uh Kirsty McCall's anniversary was two weeks ago or last week or the week before as well. So it's um it's kind of sad that it's icon the song is so iconic, but um mm. the tragedy that happened around Christmas as well. But um yeah, I know. I tend to agree. I won't lie to you. The only time 
is if you're out on Stevens's night and the songs came on when you're hammered, that's yeah. Uh, but like, that's the drink talking though. Yeah, I know definitely, definitely. It, it it can get me into a not well, not bad trouble, like, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, cool. So we'll kick off. Um so good bit of GA action over the last weekend with the club uh matches. Did you get to see any of the games? Yeah, I watched the uh, Balakala um Ballyhale one and yeah, no, it's Balakala played well for the opening quarter and Ballyhill's just the experience shone through and um, I won't lie to you, it was kind of bittersweet because I mentioned before in the podcast I won't drag on and bore, I have connections in Balakala and I would have spent a lot of time up there growing up as well um, so I would have hoped but uh, I have friends on the Ballyhill team as well so it was it's kind of a win-win uh, Ballyhill are going to be hard to stop. They're coming into a uh, kind of a... They were tested, I won't lie. They could have been beaten in a couple of games. But I think the extra time against Rhinos, um really kind of was a wake-up call for Ballyhill if there are any doubts there at all. So, um, And to put up the score they did against a really decent uh, Balakala team was... Um, was it really impressive? Like the the one sad point I think from it is Colin Fenley's retirement and Joy Holden's retirement from the Kilkenny senior team because when you see the performances they're putting in at club level, um, I still think they'd have something to offer to the county, but that can happen. Yeah, it can. Uh, there's a few other good games. Um, the Nace game, Nace were playing. Against Chevaliers of Wexford, that was a cracking game that went to um, extra time. That was a brilliant game. Yeah. Um, that will, and then they'll play Kilmacud Croaks in January in the Leinster football final. And then there was Kilku uh, versus, was it um, some other team from Derry or something? That that match was, it was a real dogged affair. It was like four points each at half time. And then it was eight points all at full time. And then it went to extra time. Um, that was a really good game. Um, I think there was good games in, in Munster and that as well. So, yeah, some nice. So I suppose like the um, the GA action is uh, unfortunately over uh, unless you're playing. I don't know if you've seen it. They're playing the the North Kerry Senior Football Championship Final on Stevens's Day, which is um, it's a bit of a, a bit of a mess up fixture wise. Do you think no? Oh, definitely. Actually, I give a shout out to Carrick Shock. They won under 21 uh, D last weekend as well. So um, I give a shout out to the home club there. They defeated St. Patrick's Valley Ragged. Actually, um, yeah, I saw those football games last Saturday. I completely forgot about them. Uh, you wonder how Chemeliers didn't win that game, being honest. But I mean... You have to take your chances. And the other one, Port Arrington against Kilmacook Crokes was an absolute cracker of a game. But the experience of Paul Mannion and all of that. Going back to your question there, Robbie. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, you look at the Premier League, you're talking about professionals, they know. But I mean, yeah, playing a final, especially at that age grade, um, I mean, what can you do Christmas Day? I mean, you can't. Yeah, that's it. You know, you can't really go mad or do that, like, or have a bit of crack or. 
Yeah, and I mean, it is in a situation. Now, I know I said I won't mention the other C word, but I mean, if, whoever wins it, I mean, it isn't a situation where they can say here, yeah, I sacrifice Christmas Day and go to the dogs on Stevens's Day. Like, well, there will be something you could say somewhere, but I mean, Slava can somewhere. Exactly, exactly. So I know the GA don't think along them lines but uh yeah it, it doesn't make sense give the lads a break off i mean play it. <clears throat> there's a lot of, there's a lot of evenings next week or something where people will be still off of work or players i mean especially at that age grade they could be they be on um college holidays or whatever so yeah give them the christmas period off like yeah, uh, yeah. So with the GA calendar is all but over for the year. Um, just a bit of news today was the water breaks. That's uh, that's definitely staying for next year. Um, so like whether you you want the water breaks or not, I just think maybe it might be better if we replace the water breaks all together with just go straight for four quarters. So you could have like four maybe twenty minute quarters. Um, and the logic behind having the quarters is that you could have them timed as well. So it's like, you know, you know, the way you have it in rugby and maybe other sports as well, the way it's kind of down to the clock. So yeah. what I think with the water breaks that can be unfair is that if a team is on a bit of a roll and it's up to the referee to when to call the water break and it could be it could be stopping that team, you know, potentially, you know, getting another point or, or that sort of thing, you know. So with a, a team that has the momentum with them. So I was just wondering, do you think maybe moving to a situation where you have four 20-minute timed quarters uh, would be maybe a better option? Or would it be a better option than the water breaks? Or would it be a better option than the old system of just going, you know, for the 35 minutes and then switching over? Um, I think it would make sense if they're keeping the water breaks, Robbie. I won't lie to you. I wouldn't be a massive fan of the concept of four quarters. Um, and the reason why is GEA be, I mean, the pace of GEA and all of that, um, I don't think even the the water, the water, uh, being honest at the, the start of what's happening at the moment, the pandemic yeah you could understand i mean everyone was, <laughs> you just, you're doing, you're i never yeah <laughs> um and that's that's the only mention i give there there are uncertainty around it and i mean the to be a certain aspect of yeah we have to protect players and all of that and if you look at when say we really came to notice it. It was around the towards the latter stages. Of the, well, I put it this way to you: the league, the GA action was cancelled, so they came back during the, the autumn, kind of summer autumn. So, I mean, you're dealing with different temperatures then. I mean, no disrespect to players or anything, and I think players would agree. I mean, how did players get on? before the pandemic came in i mean if there's a break in play i mean it's very easy if a player wants to drink water to run over and get it i mean or have them have them to pinpoint where they have to go have the water bottles down save for the backs down t- towards the back line 
the same as hurls. I mean, if a hurl breaks, you have a player running on with a replacement, or sorry, you have a an official running on with a hurl or sub or someone with a bib on and running on that the player won't be left too long. They are breaks in play. So, I mean, there's no reason for it now. I mean, in the middle of winter where you have temperatures really, really kind of cool or cooler than the well down from where they be during the summer. I don't think there's such an urgency to keep the water breaks. Um, introducing do you think four, four quarters would be better than just having the water breaks as they are? Yeah, I know. I, I'd agree. I know. It, it put in, increase the game to 80 minutes. And that's that's the way that you, you won't have a real break off in play. You might actually have extra play because if you ever look at the stats to say some of the inter-county games, the ball might be only in play for 19, 20 minutes out of a 30, 35-minute half. If you think about it in in that context, because of injuries, balls going out wide, um, players down injured, I mean, different aspects like that. So, I mean, I think the Aussie rules, the Aussie rules was like that. It was for for 20 minutes and being honest most of the challenge matches that I was ever at that I was involved with teams we decided to play for 20 20 minute halves in other words or for 20 minute quarters sorry Um, and we broke it up that way because it gives you a chance to introduce players and all of that but that's breaking away from say competitive action it's either shit or bust. It's as simple as this. It's either the GEA are saying here, these are temporary, or we're going to introduce them long term. And I mean, there are other ways around it that, like we were saying, with water bottles down towards the back lane, players know exactly their own, have different, even do primary school stuff, have their names on the water bottles, that there's no contamination or whatever, or there are no chance of um say passing of particles or whatever that if that's the concern around it go that way but i mean it is only a tactics break i've been involved with management teams and you're planning what you're going to say to the players and the last thing most players actually do is actually get a drink of water because you only have a minute to do it so um, that's why I'm saying either shit or bust because you either going to introduce it long term or use it properly. Give the players a proper run, like you were saying, for 20 minutes, increase the, the game to 80 minutes. I mean, the, the fitness rate of players at the moment is exceptional, both club and inter-county. So they'd be well able for it. And, yeah, and if you um, add in like extra time anyway, you're probably talking getting... Like in at, at inter county level, uh, you're talking about getting to 18 minutes probably anyway. Oh, definitely, definitely. And um, but like if it goes beyond into 2023, no matter what happens, I I think 2022 will see a lot of changes in the um in the kind of the current crisis we're in. I think <laughs> just like you can say the word TJ. I think the, I think the way you're yeah. dancing around it. <laughs> we're, we're not yeah. going to talk about it but you could mention it okay? okay yeah yeah i mean i i can see it's been well out of the 
the pan I won't say well life, but we'd be in an endemic stage of the virus. It's as simple yeah, hopefully, as that. Hopefully you're right. That's what's keeping me going through all this. Uh that hopefully it's coming to an end soon. Oh, definitely. Um, but um that's why I think the GA are going to have to make a decision next year here. We keep hmm. it in maybe for the league. But if things improve during the summer, because it is seasonal, they can say, here, we revert back to the system we had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. So we're just going to move on. Uh, so in terms of GA, there's uh, Jim McGuinness is going into Waterford. He's going into Waterford Hurlers as a performance coach. Um, so first of all, what do, you, what do you think his role is going to be in there, TJ? And do you think it's a good thing? Or do you think maybe the whole Jim McGuinness, um, not, I wouldn't call it a sideshow, but the whole Jim McGuinness factor, would that be, you know, much like other big profile guys going into other counties, does kind of Jim bring a bit of, I wouldn't say drama, but does he bring a bit of pressure with the, the media and, you know, as well for Waterford, is, is it a situation where, they have the players, they have the talent, but they're just not maybe mentally able to get past that uh, into believing that they can they can go on and win it or so. So what do you think of that whole, the whole scenario? Yeah, I, I was just thinking there, I don't know if it was a previous podcast or uh, a radio show or interview I'd done, and um, I was mentioning that, that I mean, bringing in high-profile names can be kind of... Um, I won't say a circus act, but it kind of, it, it draws, as you say, it draws media attention straight away. Um, if players don't perform well, here, sure, the management teams after bringing in, I mean, the likes of Jim McGuinness, I mean, Neem Sheedy's gone, is it to the Tyrone footballers or uh, gone up north as well? Um, personally, I think Jim McGuinness would be what, the likes of Watford needs. I mean, when Jim McGuinness went into Donegal, they were after being bet out the gate by Armagh the previous year, and they went on and won all won in all Ireland after, and uh, was it twenty twelve? So I mean, he is a shrewd operator. He knows exactly what he's doing, um, and it could be his role. I, I think it'd be kind of a motivator. Uh, I think it'd be instilling a mindset into the Watford players saying, here, we, we have the talents, we have the abilities. Everyone knows Watford throughout the years, likes of Paul Flynn, um, oh, geez, I can't, Ken McGrath, Dan Shanahan, John Milan, all of those. I mean, they'd, they'd get on to any team in the country, but yet they haven't won All-Ireland. So bringing in the likes of Jim McGuinness, I think, could play a serious role in instilling belief. I know to be sports psychologists and all of that, but I think it'd be, it'd be a bit maybe kind of the role Paul Connert done with the Limerick Hurlers. It'd be kind of, uh, kind of tactics and strategies and all of that. Um, now, I know when um, the previous Watford manager he's involved with the Leash Miners he's on the Sunday game names is Derek McGrath Derek McGrath yeah uh, I know Derek McGrath was kind of trying to develop a defensive style of play with Watford hurlers now it works slightly 
because they got beaten by Tipperary heavily the previous year. But um, I know Jim McGuinness developed that kind of style up in Donegal, so it didn't work at that time with Derek McGrath with Watford. So I can see him kind of going in, kind of developing strategies or play around that. I think be playing to the player's strength and instilling belief into him. Um, and being honest, if it goes well, they could break the hoodoo next year. I mean, Limerick are top of the pile. They deserve the greatest of respect and I have the height of respect for Limerick. I questioned their bottle last year whether they'd be able to do back-to-back and they proved that but as was proven every team is beatable and if Watford can get things right there be mentions of Galway's Tipperary's Kilkenny's Watford are always there but if if it works out right and knowing um, Liam Cal personally after working with him for a couple of years I I know the commitment he's doing. He turned down a job with Tipperary, so he, he sees real potential in Watford. So, yeah, it could be a really shrewd move. Um, and um, I think the biggest thing is, like I was saying, is to draw the media attention away from it. And knowing Jim, uh, well, known from hearing of Jim McGuinness and all of that, he would have the respect to say here, Liam Call is the manager and that's it. So I maybe see Jim McGuinness kind of in a background role. He, You mightn't see him out on the sideline beside <coughs> Liam Call. You might see him up in the standard. He'd be, say, sitting up with the subs or something like that. I, I say that would be a thing that Liam Call would have to do saying here, I'm the manager, final say and all of that. And Jim McGuinness being there, done that. I, I say be the media hype more than anything else that they be saying Jim McGuinness is involved. But like I was saying, if success comes from it, it would be Liam Call and the management team, the rest of the management team as well. Like, Yeah, uh, and it's going to be interesting to watch all the all the all the chasing pack try to catch up with Limerick and all the different things that they're going to try. Uh, you know, it, it could actually herald a, an era of creativity in terms of, you know, all the different uh, counties trying their, you know, to, to get the edge in a different way. Um, so Limerick leveling, leveling up has made everyone else kind of uh, sit up and take notice and they're going to try and do the same. So it's going to be fascinating to watch over the, over the next few years how that develops. Um, yeah, cool one teams, uh, sorry, hey, Robbie. Robbie. One point on that, it'd be and I'd be very, I'd be very short on it. Be interesting to see how it works out. I mean, I mentioned Paul Connerk with Limerick. You <coughs> have um, Tipperary putting in. Um, is it Des Ryan? Arsenal, co- Arsenal, such tr- strength yeah. and And um, it'd be interesting to see how the game develops from that. I mean, you don't hear any big announcements. Now, I know it's Henry Shefflin's first year in Galway. You never hear of any real big announcements out of Kilkenny. So it'll be interesting to see who has the right method, whether um, the likes of Kilkenny and Galway and all of that will fall behind the chase and pack, say, and if Jim McGuinness does something interesting in uh, Watford as well, it'll be interesting to see who's taken the right template here whether the focus is going away from, say, the skills and all of that 
and who will have the edge in a couple of years time Limerick have it at the moment but it'd be interesting to see in maybe five years time who took the right strategy yeah it's going to be fascinating uh, cool teach so we're going to skip on and we're going to go on to the picks of the week so what are your picks this week yeah um, I'm actually looking up the programme I have it here now um, people might think I'm fascinated with Gordon Ramsay it isn't Gordon Ramsay it's the shows he's doing the likes of Hotel Hell and uh, Kitchen Nightmares and that but I just discovered one um, during the weekends 24 hours to hell and back um, and kind of got into it it's similar to Kitchen Nightmares but he as is in the 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 name of the show he only has 24 hours to turn around uh the restaurant that he goes into so yeah it's really interesting now to be honest and i know we have a good lot of listeners in america and i mean absolutely not bad by this but it's kind of you know americanized it's kind of too much dramatized in a sense so it'd be one critique I have of it now. I know Kitchen Nightmares is a bit like that, that you have producers doing it for drama, dramatization and all of that. But uh, yeah, it's interesting and it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I haven't really a second one uh, because I've been watching the darts all week. So I go with the World Darts Championship now. The, there's a game on at the moment we're recording um the Thursday night here, but um some interesting juicy games going to take place after tonight. I, I say around the twenty-seventh, I think they're back, but be interesting to see if Barneville um can make an impression there. But I kind of fancy he's the Irish hell, is he? Uh, no, he's from the Netherlands. Uh Willie O'Connor actually is having a good run from Limerick. Um I can't remember i being caught with work because their afternoon games had just finished up yesterday i don't know how steve lennon got on um but um uh brendan dolan was defeated today thursday as well so i think willie o'connor would be the the real big um irish hope there but being honest we're I, I can see him progress and say to a quarter final or semi final or that, but uh, we wish him the best of luck. And actually, one name to mention to watch out for in years to come is Keegan Barry from Meat. He was former um, Youth World Champion. Now he got defeated the other evening. He's only 19, but he's definitely one to look out for in the future, and he could be possibly. Um, I say in about 10 years time maybe world champion if there's an Irish hope for a world champion at all he could be it and you going to dart yourself did you? I used to play around a bit now Um, I have a dartboard at home and fired at times but I never done it any anything competitive Um, like I can be fluky at times uh, I took out what was it? It was a three-figure checkout one time. I can't remember exactly what it was because it was under the influence in the friend's pub. But I think I got about five in the previous throw where playing doubles. And I think it was around a one, uh, one, oh, Jesus, I can't think. It was definitely high three figures anyway. So it was around between 130 and 147 or something like that. But... I, I surprised myself. I don't know how I've done it. 
especially when I was <laughs> into, drunk and after throwing such a terrible one before. Like, yeah. Um, did you ever do a nine dart finish now? Uh, not a hope. I think. <laughs> I think I got two 180s in my entire life and I nearly went berserk over them. It's like finding um, a leprechaun with a pot of gold, me getting a 180. So, um, yeah, I think I, I had about two in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard, a hard one to get, like, and I suppose the, the nerves ramp up all the more you do it, like, anyway. So uh, I can imagine I've never been be massive into darts now, um, but I can imagine... The satisfaction of uh, throwing a 180 but then you got the pros doing it the whole time so then you're like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> that makes you feel bad then uh yeah so i just have one pick this week it's the american office i started watching it this week a few people have been recommending me recommending it to me so um yeah the american office with steve carell uh another thing good thing to watch is um ricky gervais uh slacking off steve carell on youtube there's like a little bit of a montage and um, so it's kind of pretend before like Ricky Gervais is kind of slagging Steve Carell for playing his character and taking all of his ideas and that sort of stuff. And it's in, it's nice kind of interplay, but at the, I would say it looks kind of real, but it's actually it's actually not. They're just having a bit of a laugh at each other. Um, but yeah, the American office is very good. And then I'm just, at the minute, I'm watching The Witcher as well. So yeah, I've only watched the first episode of that. So uh, impressed with that. Um so yeah like it's hard to tell after the first episode but it does seem to be kind of carrying on from where the last season left off and there was talk of it going on for many seasons as well um yeah so i'm gonna be watching that over the christmas and some of the the christmas office and then you know all the classic movies you might talk about about later uh yeah cool so better picks for a week so yeah, in terms of like the Premier League, it's a bit dicey on what we can talk about in terms of uh, fixtures um, due to um, the obvious reason we won't mention. <laughs> lots, of games, lots of games getting called off and stuff. Um, yeah, so I was just kind of looking at the games that were on and then I was looking at the table. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, it's the way it's kind of set up at the minute. I know like some teams have uh, games at hand, like, like Tottenham have three games at hand and United are two games in hand and Leicester are two games in hand and all this sort of stuff. But um, it's Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal. And then you got West Ham rounding out and, and uh, Man United rounding out the top six. So I suppose, you know, like Arsenal, like they got a lot of stick over the course of the season already. Like, you know, in terms of there was lots of hashtag Arteta out and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, they're sitting pretty in fourth there. So I was just wondering... Obviously, you're a very pro Liverpool TJ, um, <laughs> but how do you think the the top four is going to round out in the end? You know, there's a three point difference between City and Liverpool, so there's a bit of a gap already developing there. Yeah. But um, I suppose, like over Christmas, you know, it's usually quite a mad schedule of games, but you know that might be affected. Um, so, can you see Arsenal hanging on in the top four, or do you reckon? Um, you know, United or even West Ham or Spurs could even come up and kick them out of there. It's it's a tough one, Robbie, because um, I I mean Arsenal are really inconsistent at the moment. Um, I mean they can have <clears throat> great games, but then they can have absolutely dire games. Um, like they're four points ahead of West Ham. 
Manchester five points ahead of Manchester United. I just think it's maybe a year too soon for Manchester United. I think if Manchester United finished around fifth, they'd be really pleased. Um, now I won't say really pleased, but to be in a better position than um, where they might have been in previous years. Um, yeah, I mean Spurs. They kind of the they were good other they were good other evening um against Liverpool where they drew two all um I won't mention about the game because uh there's a bias there there are some interesting decisions in it but um yeah I. I I don't know. It depends on the run Manchester United get. If they can get on a run under Ragnick, um, they don't seem to be really starting that great a run like they did under Solskjaer. Now, I'm not saying Ragnick is the wrong person for the job. I think he'd be the right person after going in there, and he seems to be um, a genuine person and all of that, that he'd be tough, but fair in a sense that he won't suffer any shit from some of the senior players um but yeah personally i hate saying it i think to be city it depends on liverpool um i i think they would finish maybe a point or two behind city but i think we need to i said it earlier i think we need to slightly strengthen the squad um, Jot is unbelievable. I mean, the, to get the goal last night against Leicester and then uh, score the penalty as well. I mean, he he's an exceptional player and only for he got injured last year, um, he could have easily been very close to top score in the Premier League. So it's the kind of the inconsistency of, say, Mane and that That'd be the concern, and that's where I think we could kind of falter behind City. Um, I think the Derby games, like the next Liverpool-Man City game, I think could tell a lot because when they played earlier in the year, I know it finished the draw, but Man City were way the better team, to be fair. They were really, we were very, very lucky to get a draw in that game. And as a Liverpool fan, it pains me to say it. I think it'd be I think it'd be a toss of a kind, as you're saying, between Arsenal, West Ham and Manchester United. I think if anyone was to leave Frog Arsenal, I think it could be West Ham with David Moyes there. He's after showing the abilities he had. I, I don't think he got a fair shout in Manchester United, but at that time coming in after replacing Alex Ferguson with all the titles that Alex Ferguson had, it'd be like the next manager going into Kilkenny and it kind of being a slow burner. And that's, that's, that's the way it is. And I mean, that's after Kilkenny win the four in a row. Um, so it'd be kind of that aspect to it. But yeah, I think it'd be City. Um, if Liverpool don't slip up, I fancy Liverpool to have the edge on Chelsea. Chelsea are gone slightly off the boil a bit. They're still a dangerous team and don't anyone think I'm saying anything different but um, if Liverpool can kind of continue their run and not have any slip-ups like the the game I think it was a slip-up against Tottenham I think the Man City-Liverpool 
Chelsea and possibly it's a toss of a kind between Arsenal and West Ham. I can't really see a drastic change there. I can see Spurs making a late bust there or I can see Leicester City because they really looked there for the taking last night and 3-1 up over Liverpool. They they should have been... Carabao Cup that game, would that be kind of... Ah, yeah, but they had Jamie Vardy and that on. I mean, I I mean to be fair, and this is no disrespect. Liverpool had a second string side out. Um, even though I, the most pleasing aspect about it, taking away the Liverpool aspect out of it, is the performance of Quiving Kelleher. Um, I know yeah. some people were questioning him, but to have the bottle at such a, I mean, he's only about twenty twenty one. Um, he's not getting that many first um uh, first team games for Liverpool and to do what Packy Bonner done twice in uh, in a sense twice, no matter what, it, it was impressive like. Um so yeah, I, I can see I mean Leicester had a stronger team out last night and if if Liverpool did lose that game, say three one, three two. I wouldn't have been overly disappointed, but when the way they did, I'm over the moon. Like, but yeah, that'd be me top four predictions. I, I mean, lesser or 10, 10 points off Arsenal, and I just can't see enough consistency there to firm to bridge that gap. Like, yeah, yeah, fair points. Um, yeah, and it's actually good uh, blessings we have in the in the Irish soccer setup. We've got. Uh, Quaven Gallagher, and there's also uh, like Gavin Bazuna, who's you know like probably one of our best players at the minute. You know, so it's it's, it's good to have that strength uh, and such great players in such depth at that position. Um, especially after I know, like I you know not discounting Dar- Darren Randolph, he did a very uh, very good job as well. Um, but after Shea Given, we were kind of in the in, in the wilderness for a keeper. Um. Yeah. And then Randolph came in and kind of steadied the ship. And now uh, Bazuna looks like he's going to go on and, and, you know, become a regular. But then there's also, you know, Cueve and Gallagher there in the wings as well. So it's uh, it's good to have that that backup, you know. Uh, yeah, cool. So the next topic is um, is about, like, say, if you were to make, like, a movie of your, of your nights out with your mates or something. And, um, like, would it be something... Like if you were to put like a clip show of all you know the really good nights out, would it be something you'd like to go and see with all your mates in the cinema sort of thing? Would be kind of a a, a bit of good fun, or would you be kind of watching it through your hands, cringing at uh, some of the stuff that you did? Uh, I'm actually just looking up a dictionary here to see the definition of a night out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what Very is good. that? Um, I know, I Jesus. I know I get fierce fear. I mean, I really do get fierce fear. Um, I I know I'm personalizing this a bit, but I can actually dream when I'm drunk that I actually done something stupid. And because I was drunk dreaming, I can't distinguish whether it was fact or reality. So it's a bit like, you know, that scene out of Father Ted, near, mm. far away kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think if there was a movie made of nights out I had with friends, it'd be a mixture of The Hunger Games, The Hangover, and uh, Aeroplane. It'd be just, it'd be something like that. Like, um, 
I actually, <laughs> do you know that scene out of Airplane where your man, he says he has a drinking problem. He actually, he just fires the yeah. water all over himself. Yeah, I, I love that. I actually have a friend done that in Langton's one night. He just could not get the drink to his mouth. like. And I no. mean, this, this lad is, I won't say huge. He's kind of, he's just as tough as nails like and I mean a real uh I don't want to identify him too much so I don't want to say well he's from Is a he on the podcast no 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 <clears throat> from a farming background so he has hands like shovels like I mean he's just he I know soundest lad but yeah no it's just very funny it reminded me of that um but yeah they've been so it, it was kind of a mixture because um I was lucky and blessed in the sense that I can kind of call a lot of people friends or maybe they might call me an enemy, but um, as long as they stick around, they're considered a friend anyway. But um, they're kind of the wild bunch and then the kind of the not so bad and then the distinguished. So it's kind of a mixture of what kind of night out would be like you have ones that anything could happen and then you have ones where it'd be just like something out of say um say the crown or something that's that's the way it can kind of go but uh yeah. one thing i can honestly say and i i never saw it i actually never got in a fight with friends on a night out. I had disagreement with a friend one time, but it was over something stupid, but never actually got into a fight or never saw friends getting into a fight. So um, yeah. it'd still be a mixture of the Hunger Games, Airplane and The Hangover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we definitely a good card to watch. Um, you'd, have to have, uh, you'd have to burn the the video after watching it though so no one else could have any evidence on you or whatever um and yeah, yourself actually, oh, sorry yeah like, yeah i was just gonna say like um in terms of fights and stuff like that yeah i never really get into fights on night nights out um uh, the only time we'd ever be in a fight is if someone else gets into a fight with another group of people and then you kind of get dragged in sort of thing but yeah uh thankfully that was more like as a younger person and doesn't really happen now as an adult <laughs> thankfully yeah. um yeah, that's definitely, you know, I would find it hard to watch some of my highlight reel <laughs> when I'm drinking because, like, I'm I'm obviously the same person, but I'm quite more, a lot more extroverted um, when I've had a few in me. And, you know, maybe I think I'm a great dancer, but maybe I'm not really, you know. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's brilliant remember. drunk, so that's... <laughs> yeah, like, I think, like, just I have an optimal place of drinking and dancing where I'm, I'm pretty decent but then you know maybe if I go a bit over <laughs> it's definitely not great but um yeah I just you know I've had a, I've had the fear a few times and you know just kind of looking back in my mind trying to remember stuff and that's the worst thing when you have people coming up to you the next day being like oh yeah you were a senior or something and you're like oh god you know I don't you remember how it, like if you don't remember how you're home it's pretty bad like you know but um yeah. yeah, I don't know if I would want to watch it back. I think I'm happy enough with the, the scarred memories I have at the minute. <laughs> and yeah. I don't really want any more permanent ones. So I, th- I think I wouldn't do it. But uh, yeah, it might be good graph to watch uh, to watch once or whatever. But um, 
probably not for me. Uh, yeah, cool. So we're going to move on. So we're just going to touch on maybe some other sports around the world. Maybe just give them a quick once over. Um, a lot of things are kind of winding down at the minute, I suppose. Um, do you have anything do you want to chat about in terms of the world sports stuff? Or? Uh, I won't lie. I mentioned the darts earlier on. That'll be the real. That was your one. one. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, I'd be pretty born that way. Um, so I let you take it away, Robbie. Yeah, just uh, NFL fixtures uh, coming up over the weekend and stuff. Um, they're playing. There's a game on Christmas Day, actually, the the Browns versus the Packers. So I might try and watch a bit of that on Christmas Day. Uh, and it's, it's sad for the players, really, um, yeah. that they have to play. But I suppose maybe it's a little bit different from, you know, the amateurs playing because these guys are professional athletes it's their job to a certain degree but like not that I want to see anyone having to to work on Christmas or and you know you know fair play to all the people who do like in terms of emergency services and all essential workers and stuff like that but I know definitely yeah I suppose for like the athletes you know you know like they're getting paid a lot of money so you know it's probably it's probably worth it in the end for them I'm sure they're happy enough to do it they'd probably rather be off um but yeah, like the, I, I'm going to probably watch the game, so maybe I'm, I'm probably part of the problem. <laughs> but then um, there's, yeah, there's, it's kind of, you know, we've kind of mentioned it over the last few weeks, it's kind of crunch time. There's lots of important games. So there's obviously there's division winners. So there's the eight division winners who are going to go straight into the playoffs. Uh, and then you're going to have the other teams that, the other uh, six teams that will go into the wild card round. So they'll be like, trying to win as many games as possible to to finish as high up so they can kind of make it. Um and like particularly the the AFC uh conference is just so tight. There's so many teams that are just like, you know, if they win two games, they will be, you know, either leading their division or they'll be, you know, right in the playoff mix. You know, so it's um some really, really crunch games. And there's a good game on tonight is the Tennessee Titans versus the San Francisco 49ers. So obviously it's on the 20 past one, so maybe you wouldn't be staying up to watch that. But um, yeah, definitely check out the, the highlights that tomorrow. Um, yeah, some lots of good games. And thankfully the Cowboys can uh, clinch the division, I think, if they beat the Washington football team on Sunday Night Football. So as a Cowboys fan, I'm hoping, uh, hoping they do. And then another big game is the the Chiefs and the Steelers, which is on Sunday. Um, and yeah, like all the games really are kind of pretty important. Um, and actually, probably the game of the weekend is the Bengals and Ravens. They're in the same division and they're on the same amount of wins and losses. Um, so whoever wins that is going to have a serious um, like chance to to go all the way and win the division. So that's going to be a really good game. Uh, so that's on, on a Sunday as well. So yeah, cool. That's up for the, for the, for the world sports really. Um, yeah, cool. So we'll move on. So just a quick question. Um, you know, I suppose like over Christmas now, you're going to have, you're going to be seeing a lot of relatives and, you know, lots of people maybe that you don't normally interact with. And maybe you have a certain maybe pattern because you maybe know these people since you were a child and, you have a certain type of relationship and maybe it's hard to change or maybe you've changed and they haven't changed or, you know, it's kind of, you know, you're being put into all these weird dynamics and maybe you don't have a lot of, um, or you might be even getting to rouse with uh, relatives and stuff like that. So, um, so for yourself, TJ, how do you deal with, you know, those, uh, 
cantankerous sort of relatives who are, you know, quite argumentative and opinionated or maybe just waffling the whole time? How would you, how would you deal with them? Uh, I won't lie. I was very lucky that way. I mean, um, like being an only child, it would have been myself and the parents and me would have heading to the grandparents years ago. And um, then say about 20 years ago, when we built new house, we we kind of had it here so we had relations down and all that and luckily there were no there were no real um any arguments or anything disagreements or anything like that it was um there were times yeah i mean everyone kind of they like there's like their own space or that but no never never anything really bad never anyone feel unwelcome or anything like that um one thing maybe I mentioned to be away from family or that is people that may not have wanted to know you before coming up to you on the night out, especially around Christmas. Now I'm always tolerable and all of that, I hope, but um, it's kind of, you know, false in a sense. So that'd be one thing that it kind of <coughs> under me wake that way that like, if you, if you kind of, not interacting for part of the year well why the hell would you interact around christmas like that to be but um yeah in the terms of conflict or that no not really it was always um always just usual being honest everyone has disagreements at times but nothing really nothing really bad um and yourself robbie yeah i suppose you know, in my family and stuff, um, like it can it can develop into a bit of a debate and stuff like that. And I suppose we all have our opinions and stuff like that. So I'm probably holding quite strongly as well. So yeah, like I suppose it can get to into a bit of a debate and stuff like that, and you know, kind of laughing and joking at each other and stuff like that. And there might be kind of you know like not digs or whatever, but you're just kind of having banter with people over stuff. Um, so like maybe if someone makes a point and then they kind of they don't they're not maybe willing to to yield to maybe a different argument or whatever and then he might be just making fun of stuff they've said based on their argument or you know that sort of stuff you know but it's not i never really had an ill-tempered sort of christmas you know in in terms i know what you're saying about the people coming up to you around christmas and saying hello and they mightn't say it during the rest of the year but then the other side of that is maybe during Christmas time, there is a sort of a magic in the air or a sacred yeah. sort of, you know, thing that it's like, you know, not that I'm saying that people would be, have to, you know, put aside something you did, TJ. I'm not impl- implicating you in anything. Here, but oh, like, no, you know, no, no. Yeah, I know. Like maybe like, you know, if you didn't get on with your boss or something and then throughout the year, there's a bit of needle and then at Christmas time, it's just like, ah, yeah, sure it's Christmas and you know sure it's good it's good fun and you know there is a bit of a a bit of a truce there almost where it's like you know you're just um like a sacredness to the whole Christmas Christmas atmosphere where it's just like yeah we're just for today we're going to get on and just just take it easy and stuff like that or you might you might give someone maybe a hug or something maybe that you normally wouldn't give them a hug just because it's Christmas or you know they so yeah so I think there's maybe almost like an unspoken rule maybe at that time for a lot of people like, like if I was uh, driving along the road on Christmas day I'd probably be beeping at people and waving at people that maybe I wouldn't be waving at 
like just just random strangers i wouldn't know them either way if you know what i mean but yeah if i was just driving if i was just driving to work i wouldn't be like uh taking my time to be as sociable but on christmas day i'd be like you know you'd be you'd be go the extra mile to be sociable with people that you wouldn't normally t- even chat to you know the way so yeah. yeah so yeah in general i haven't really had any arguments and stuff and you kind of feel sorry for people who end up having full-blown rows with their family at Christmas because I know there is people that do do that like you know the way so uh, thankfully not in my house um, and hopefully not in many people's houses this Christmas and hopefully there's no you know disagreements over political stuff or people getting too wound up and just appreciate the day that's in it I suppose Um, yeah cool so we'll move on to our last topic TJ which is the highball the highball yeah so just Ho, ho, ho. Um, yeah, and we wish uh, Santa Claus best of luck as well. Uh, going around to all the houses and stuff like that, and hopefully he um, remember, respects the drinking and driving laws as well. Hope that's important. Um, yeah, so for the highball, we're going to talk about Christmas movies. And we're going to talk about if you... This is actually, I have to give credit where credit is due here to uh, TJ Mills here, who came <laughs> up with the, uh, the topic. I was... Um, I suppose the time of year you're kind of struggling for topics as well. You're like, what's going on in the world? Everything's slowing down or whatever. So yeah, so it was a great topic. It was if you were to be in a Christmas movie, what Christmas movie would you be in? Um so I suppose we should really define what a Christmas movie is then. So is is Die Hard a Christmas movie for you? Um going back to the slagging I got after last week's podcast, I haven't a clue because I still didn't watch it yet. <laughs> Um, so uh, I saw it was on television there last weekend and I missed it um, so I will check it out I promise I have a few days off so I will definitely check it out but um, from all I hear actually here's one sorry not to go off topic would lethal, the first Lethal Weapon be considered a Christmas movie because it is actually set around Christmas but yet no one ever says it uh well if you were to live in my house growing up as a kid you would always include lethal weapon as a christmas movie because i suppose like there's these sort of movies that are on around christmas time which i suppose like you know like i suppose home alone is at christmas as well but like um for me in my house like all the indiana jones would have been on christmas time and you would have had star wars and maybe lord of the rings or harry potter all these sort of movies so i would kind of lump them into the you know the movies that you'd kind of watch over Christmas as well, uh, but maybe not necessarily Christmas movies. So I think Die Hard is a bit more of a definite Christmas movie. Well, I, I suppose like with Lethal Weapon, which Lethal Weapon is that Christmas time? Uh, the oh, first one, um, is it Christmas with one? the South Africans? Is it that? Or no, sorry. Oh, no, I think that's Christmas though. Uh, well, I suppose it's hard to tell because you're in LA, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what, how I go by it is the Christmas trees and, you know, Riggs is actually asked, not to spoil it for anyone. Anyway, it's out over 30 Well, it's years. been out over 40 years. Stage, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, Riggs ends up going to Christmas dinner and all of that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd rate it as oh, a yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. film. Um, yeah, yeah. I know I definitely would consider a Christmas movie now. But uh, if it's at Christmas time. Yeah. I can't remember what I was saying. 
Did you ever see Bad Santa? I did. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> I love it as well. Yeah, the second one is gas as well now. Um, yeah, it's a pity. I mean, you have shit film. Well, what I consider shit films, and they make so many of them. And then you have others that they only kind of make too. And I consider Bad Santa in that category. Um, now, kind of yeah. looking at a kid's country. Well, is that what kind of makes them good as well? Like, you know, the way if if there's only maybe like a couple of the movies, then they become a bit more like it's like the more movies you make, the more likely it is to get get crap, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Like if you look at Jaws and not to go off the Christmas topic, you look at Jaws. The first Jaws was good. Second one was OK. And then went up the ranks. It was um, kind of like you kind of like the the what would you say it was made in the 70s so i mean the shark was just you knew uh something made out for something like a hot air balloon or something like that and then you could kind of see it gradually taken off like but uh um but yeah no bad santa's class like uh i can't think of your man the main actor in it um billy bob thornton billy bob thornton yeah i mean he he's just brilliant like um actually if he didn't do that do you know your man that plays um do you know the main character out of shameless usa um oh yeah yeah um oh, i can't I know it's on top of my tongue um he would have been a really good person for that like um but yeah, I can't remember the question you asked because it went off topic. It was, your, it was your question. It was your question. Yeah. It was the Christmas movie. What yeah, Christmas movie yeah, I suppose if uh, this, and I know I'm going to get a roast in for this. Um, one of my, like, I love Christmas films, like The Christmas Carol, um, Santa Claus, Elf, all of that. I love the kind of the kids ones, but then one that I really kind of like, which is completely cheesy, and uh, one that I know I'll get a roast in for is Love Actually. So if I was to play a character in it, I'd love to play Hugh Grant's character in Love Actually. Actually, the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister. Yeah, I just think it. I. I, I won't lie, I think Hugh Grant's, uh, he wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea, but I think he can be, he's a good actor, like, I think the, the roles... He yeah, I suppose he was kind of quite typecast for a long time, really, wasn't he? I suppose he still is. Yeah, I mean, you look at, say, Four Weddings and a Funeral, like, I mean, it's, uh, I, I think that was a good film as well, actually, but, uh, yeah, he's I... has got a great line in that movie. Yeah, the, the great the great line is fuck fuck fuckity fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I often kind of look at Hugh Grant a lot in that because uh, what I mean by it is I think I could read a lot from his character in it actually. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but what Christmas movie would you be in, TJ? Stop avoiding the question here. <laughs> uh, I say I say the likes. Of, it depends. I say the likes of Log, uh, say Hugh Grant and Love Actually. I'd love to be the main his character in that. Um, yeah. Rigs in Lethal Weapon. Uh, now that I sanctioned, that's a Christmas movie. Um, yeah, got the okay there. Yeah, I say um, Will Ferrell in Elf as well. 
um, are just to completely go that route. It'd be what's his name and Fred Claus, that kind of um, it, it does kind of roles. Um, I wouldn't say I'd be a real kind of di- diehard, but I suppose saying I'd be Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon to be, but uh. Well, uh, just another quick question. It's a Wonderful Life. Where do you stand on that movie? I didn't like it. I thought, but now I love it. And there are yeah. bits of it. And it was just when is you it, see... Is it a movie that gets better as you get older, is it? I think so. I think so. Um, Jimmy Stewart, I think, is... Car- I think Jimmy Stewart's acting in it is just brilliant. Like, it's just... He's like someone that you'd actually know. Now, it might sound funny. Actors are meant to come across in films like normal people. I think Jimmy Stewart had a really great method of doing it, in a sense. Mm. He'd be like a lad that you'd love to bump into in the local and have a pint with because, you know, he'd play it straight and wouldn't... He'd be a laugh, but he he tell you off as quick, like, and that's why after watching the full film a couple of times, I I'd rate I'd rate that film highly, and I think Jimmy Stewart was just brilliant in it, like. Yeah, it's one I need to check out again because I watched it as a kid. I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of it, so I must uh, must dip back into it. But um, the Christmas movie that I would love to star in is uh, a Muppets Christmas Carol. I don't know if you have you seen that one. I did, I did. Yeah, I know. Fair, uh, Michael Caine's character and that be. I, yeah, yeah. Michael Michael Caine plays the whole like it's like a kids movie where he plays his role like fucking car crash. You know, he's, he's yeah, just, yeah. He's so morbid with it, and he's just really that. That's kind of the magic of it as well. That he's playing it like a, a real serious Dickens movie. Yeah, and then all the, like the other Muppets characters are just around him and uh, just having a laugh and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think I definitely, if I was to be in a movie, uh, it would definitely probably be that one. I'd say. Um, if not, I like I like your Santa Claus as well. The Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen is pretty good. Yeah, I know Tim. I loved that film. Um, when that came out, I was about seven, and I watched that every day of the year up in the grandparents um, I used to go to the grandparents after school and every day I'd go into the sitting room and have that playing and um, I used to yeah, I'm, I'm really I, sure I've seen it in the cinema yeah I didn't I, I would have been as bad when I was younger as I am now I think the only film I would have seen I kind of the before the proper teenage age in the cinema would have been Free Willy. Um, that would have yeah, been... I've seen that in cinema as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that film actually, but it's kind of that would have been. Um, but I, I was going to say something there and it's gone out of my head, and I'm after waffling enough as it is. Um, I can't think of what I was going to say. Anyway, I it must be a lie. It must be a lie. Must be a lie. <laughs> no worries. Well, on that note, we'll uh, we'll finish up. Um, yeah. So in terms of podcasts, we might be getting together for one next week. We'll have to see how it goes. I suppose there's no point in making plans now because uh, next week is going to be pretty fluid. So uh, hopefully we'll have an episode uh, next week. If not, we'll be back in the new year. So um, 
Yes, yeah, so to all, everyone who's listening, everyone who's taking the time to listen over the year uh, and to this episode as well. I hope you have a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or whatever you're having yourself. Hoping you're having fun. And yeah, thanks for listening again. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Two Hands and Hurl Podcast. And uh, you can also get us on the internet on Two Hands and Hurl Pod uh, is the website. And yeah, so you know we're always always love any sort of feedback, any sort of messages uh from from all around the world uh and we'll, we'll always reply to them as well so thanks for listening guys thanks tj for the the great chats as always yeah i know thanks million robbie i won't hold up too much um it's just a pleasure thanks to yourself and all the lads uh, i was just thinking there i can't believe we're heading into third year of the podcast which started off just a couple of people chatting one time and yeah we're after and tell the listeners i mean without g we wouldn't be here and um all over the world every time we look there's a new country being added to the list so thanks to you all and have a safe and happy christmas and we chat to you hopefully next week if not uh, we'd be still too hung over but we chat to you in the new year yeah cool to you man good luck Pleasure, bud. Happy Christmas to you and yours. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, all. Ho, ho, ho.